You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning. Good to be here. Um, I hope you are all well and doing well, healthy, happy, growing. Um, I have gotten to see a number of you on Zoom calls and phone calls. Uh, it's, it's been wonderful. I'm so thankful that we have those um, things to rely on right now to connect with each other. Um, we're praying for you guys. There's, there's so many things happening within our fellowship. It's pretty awesome within our church. Uh, we have new babies and new moms and baptisms. Um, we have all kinds of celebrations. It seems since COVID-19, we've had a lot happen. We've had some weddings. We've had restorations and baptisms and, um, it's, you know, there's a lot happening, a lot going on. Um, a lot of weird things going on, like dust storms that are coming through the United States and Siberia has been over a hundred degrees and we have India and China kind of, uh, going at it and still COVID-19 and, um, protests and politics, all kinds of things happening. And, um, you know, I, I was talking with Robert just a couple days ago. Honestly, I just felt so heavy hearted about so many of these things. And, um, you know, I, it, it is absolutely a very intense time and a very emotional time. I mean, even, you know, heard a few, uh, commentators on the news throw out a few cuss words. <laughs> when things were going live. I mean, people are stressed out. Things are happening. And and yet I can't help but to think about how this is, you know, God is moving. God is working um, in spite of how crazy it is, in spite of how stressful it is. And, um, you know, just how worried we can feel at times. Um, you know, most of the time I sleep fine. I have good night sleeps, but every now and then I don't. And, you know, a few couple days ago, I feel like I just tossed and turned all night. And, you know, I, I did wake up and just decide I'm going to pray for a while. I'm going to ask God to be with me and to get my brain uh, where it needs to be and my heart where it needs to be. And, um, you know, and, and so today I, I wanted to talk about prayer and, um, really, um, I, I want to be called higher in my prayer life. And I want all of us to live in a higher way in our prayer life to, um, really understand this treasure that we have, this, honor that we have to be able to talk to God any, any time, um, to be able to, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and pray to him or wake up in the morning and have him, you know, to look forward to when the first, you know, rays of sun are coming through our window, we can talk to him. And, um, 
<clears throat> before we go to bed at night. And <clears throat> there's so much to to talk about with him. And, and yet sometimes I'm not so sure we always talk about him <clears throat> or talk to him. Um, but you know, I, I think, and I, I wonder why, why is that? Why don't we talk more to God? Why don't we pray more, um, wholeheartedly or, or really, um, connect on a deeper level at times? Why is it that, that we don't, uh, really truly value that ability, that, that gift that we have? Um, but you know, where, where would we be without being able to pray? I mean, honestly, sometimes when I have nights like I did the other night, I wake up and I think, what do people do who don't know God, who, who don't pray, who are just looking at all the troubles of the world and they have no one to talk to? Um, so, you know, it, it, it did get me thinking about the importance of being able to pray and, um, you know, just how amazing it is. Like, honestly, even just talking with Robert, I mean, that's not praying. That's just talking, um, to a person who is limited in his abilities as much as any of us are. But, um, even just being able to talk to him is so, comforting and encouraging and helpful and um, reminds me of things that I forgot. And so how much more with God, how much more should we really just be connecting with him? I want to read in um, Matthew chapter six. Um, and um, I, I think we should be able to get through five through 14 but I, I also do, you know, want to just thoroughly talk about whatever we need to. So in um, Matthew chapter six, in verse five, it says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I find that interesting that Jesus kind of came back and talked about forgiveness 
and it's connected to prayer. Um, you know, I think sometimes that bitterness, that that block that we can have in our heart when we don't forgive blocks our prayers. Um, so it is important to deal with um, bitterness and, and really, anyway, this it's not a class on forgiveness, but uh, it is interesting that it is here at the end of the prayer uh, segment. But um, look in verse 5, it says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. You know, um, it's interesting because when I think about the first time I prayed, I was 17, like the first time I really thought, okay, I'm going to sit down and pray. And I prayed with the, the girl who studied the Bible with me. And I prayed out loud with her. And it was the strangest, strangest thing for me because I hadn't grown up praying. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what was expected. What were the rules? How do you do this? What do you say? Um, and then even as I was speaking and talking to God, I kind of felt like, am I really talking to God? Is he listening? I feel I can see these, you know, walls around me and, and this, uh, my friend sitting next to me, but I can't see God. This is, this is weird. So it was a really strange, um, experience for me to pray for the first time. Um, but I think sometimes when we're used to praying, we kind of get messed up too. And, you know, here in verse five, it says, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. You know, praying is not a show. We don't pray to impress people or we shouldn't pray thinking we're going to impress people. Um, praying is not really even about inspiring other people or pumping other people up or, you know, doing a powerful prayer and, you know, we're shouting or, you know, and not that we can't shout in prayers at times, but it's not a performance. It's not, it's not something we do for people. It's something we're saying to God. It's a prayer to God. And, um, you know, it's interesting that it says, who loves standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Um, okay, that doesn't sound great because I don't think that's such a great reward. I mean, for one, you have no idea what these people are thinking. They're probably thinking, what a show. Um, but it's, it's not the reason to pray. Uh, you know, and, and in verse six, it says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, it is an act of faith. We are praying to our father who we cannot see. We're praying in faith, 
knowing he hears us, that he listens to us, that he will answer our prayers, that he'll help us. Um, but it says to go into your room and close the door. Like This is not about showing people how spiritual we are. This isn't one of the rituals of the church. This isn't a show. It's not for show. That's not the purpose of prayer. It's not so all people will think we're righteous. It's not so we sound like we're holy. I mean, really, it says go in the go in your room and close the door. Nobody's going to hear you except your God who you cannot see. And that is the connection we're looking for, to connect with the God that we cannot see. And that's not to say that we can never pray in public, that we can't pray with people, that we can't pray before the church. Of course we can. But it's not a performance. It's not a show. Um, and then it says... Um, Pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. You know, I, I know there have definitely been this this one describes me more um, where I feel like I just have to say it again. I just have to ask again. I just have to say it in another way. I just have to keep on asking. And there can be kind of a worrying about it, a worrying prayer um, where we think that because we're asking many, 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 many times that God will answer. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we can ask more than once. We can ask many times, but not in a, a way where we think God only answers if we're asking with many words or if we're, you know, asking in a way that is, uh, again, back to, you know, eloquent or sounds like we're using divine words or, um, you know, that it sounds beautiful or it sounds powerful with our many words, but that's not it either. That's not why we pray. Um, you know, we pray to, to connect with God, to be real with God, to be honest with God, to ask Him for help, to be with us. You know, it, it can be simple. It's not, it doesn't have to sound a certain way. Um, and then this last um, part of it in, in verse 8, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Oh, <laughs> um, he already knows what we need. I mean, when I read this, I am tempted to think, well, then why should we pray if he already knows what we need? Um, the point is relationship. The point is connection, asking, talking, walking, um, thinking about God, um, asking him what he values, what he considers important uh, to change our life, to, you know, to be in our life. 
we ask not because God is clueless, not because God doesn't know what we need, but we ask because we are connected to him. You know, it's hard to understand, like, how is he going to know if I don't ask? How is he going to know? You know, and then, of course, there is a scripture, ask and it will be given to you. So we need to ask. But, you know, I think it's hard sometimes to believe God knows everything I want to say, everything I'm thinking and feeling and what the needs are before I speak, because I can't do that. I can't know what somebody is thinking and feeling unless I'm hearing what they're thinking and feeling from them. But God does know. God knows what we think and feel. But the thing is, is I did think, you know, it's not entirely true that we don't know what someone is thinking and feeling if they're not saying something. If you really know someone, you oftentimes will know how they're feeling and what they're thinking or um, not always because there have been many times I have been wrong. But for the most part, I can tell, you know, if if one of my kids is is something's wrong or something's up or they're thinking, you know, critically or they're, you know, being high and mighty or whatever it is. Um, we know we can we can kind of tell, but God knows us perfectly. He knows everything we need and he knows things we don't know. He knows things that we don't ask for. He and he he offers things that we don't want um, sometimes to change our hearts or to change circumstances. We have to go through things we don't want to go through. But if we want the end result, God knows how to get us there. And so but the, the point is, you know, it is a relationship. It is about, you know, he knowing us and us knowing him. Um, he wants us to have that relationship with him, um, to walk and talk with him and to take time to be with him and to um, examine the scriptures to see how he thinks and how he feels and um, looking up many scriptures to see what he how he is working and and how he has handled situations in the past like to really know his heart for us and for people and to be able to share like we are special to him he wants to know what's going on in our lives he cares for us he wants to be part of our life um you know, and, and, you know, this part here in verse nine, where Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then he goes on. But, you know, Jesus addressed God as father. And he has a lot of, God has a lot of titles, a lot of names that we call him, we call him Lord, we call him master, we call him creator and um, everlasting God and father. And there's so many titles that Jesus could have used, but to pray, this is, this is the, the ambiance or the setting that Jesus told us to pray in 
to remember that God is our Father. Um, you know, that is special. That God is our Father. That He created us in His likeness. That we are part of Him. That we are His children. That that is a special relationship. To remember when we're praying that this is our father who cares for us. You know, I think sometimes it's hard when we haven't had great fathers ourselves. Um, you know, I, I think when we have fathers who we don't know or we've never met or we've never seen or we have abusive fathers or, um, a, you know, addicted fathers or, you know, there's so many different kinds of fathers, harsh fathers or fathers who don't like us or don't care for us or hate us. Um, there's a lot of different kinds of fathers. And sometimes it is hard to imagine, you know, what a father, a good father is. But, you know, God does give us examples of good fathers. And I think it's important to recognize that, you know, first of all, none of us are perfect and none of us are going to be the perfect parents for our kids either. Um, I know I am not the perfect parent for my kids, but God will provide a view. God will provide um, a vision of what a perfect father is. He is the perfect father. And when we look in the scriptures and we really, you know, look at what is God like? How does he think? How does he feel? How does he act? What's important to him? We can see a perfect father. Um, you know, any perfect father that we see here on earth, we can know God is more. God is completely perfect. Um, you know, I think about my own kids and how how would my father feel about me? You know, I can only imagine it would be way greater than how I feel for my kids. But, you know, I love my kids. I adore my kids. I want the best for my kids. I want them to have a great relationship with God and to walk in peace and happiness and and just to be able to really experience um, a great relationship with God. But to have that, that these feelings, these desires for my own kids makes me realize how much more so God has those feelings and desires for me to walk with him. And, you know, I, I love spending time with my kids. I love being with them. I love talking with them and um, hanging out with them and catching up with them and finding out what's going on in their lives. And, you know, there's a lot that I just value. I value those relationships. And that is how God feels about us. He values us. He wants us with him. Um, so, you know, I think it's important to remember now this is a class on prayer, but it's all the, I guess, the mindset behind prayer, like 
this is, you know, Jesus saying, our Father who is in heaven, like, this is our view of God as we're praying. It's an important perspective as we come before God um, to remember that he delights in us, that he He wants us to call him Father. Um, he's known us since we were created in our mother's womb. He created us. He put us there. He put us together. You know, and, and the other thing is, I think that's important to remember is this is our father who is in heaven. Um, first of all, there is a heaven. There is a heaven. There is a life after this life. There is a place where God lives and he wants us to meet him there, to be with him for eternity there. Um, you know, there's something valuable about remembering that. I don't think we remember that enough. I think if we could remember that God is in heaven and he wants us there and he's prepared rooms for us and he's expecting us to come, then anything that we go through here on this earth, although still painful at times, would be worth it to be in heaven with our God. And, you know, I think it is important that when we are praying, we are remembering this is a God who sits in heaven, who can see all things all at once, can know all people all the time, can know our past, our present, our future. He knows everything there is to know about every person walking on this planet. And he is a God who is higher than us. He sees more than us. And he is bigger than all of us. And he can handle our little problems. And our problems never seem little. But to God, they're little. To God, they're one little being on this planet's problems. <laughs> or people's problems, something like that. Um you know, I know we think we're really important and we should be the center of life sometimes, but we are one little person. Um, and yet, as I had said before, still incredibly valuable to God and his child, his his love. Um, so, you know, he but he does see all things. He was here. He made all things. Um, you know, like it says in John 1, I mean, we are created by God. So anyways, um, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Um, I always feel like I went back in time when I read this. And because I learned it when I was a kid and, and with these and those, and it's hard to remember what this says sometimes. But um you know, hallowed be your name, holy be your name, holy. Um, I looked up holy just so we could really be clear on what it means. Um, it says holy, um, exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness, perfect in righteousness. You know, this is our God. He's perfect. He's worthy of our devotion. He is 
um, completely righteous, perfect in righteousness. He does not make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. We make lots of mistakes. The world makes a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of mistakes that happen to us because of stuff the world has done before. I mean, there's a lot of mistakes in this world, but God does not make mistakes. And I, I think even this thought, this mindset when we are praying that God is holy, that if anyone is at fault with whatever is going on in our life or not going on in our life, troubles we may have or, or pains we may have, it is not God's fault. He is the one who should, in our minds, have a clean, a clean, um, slate or, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that exactly right, but we should know in our mind and in our heart that if things are going wrong, it's not because God is doing something wrong. And that's a good mindset to keep and to pursue and to study out if that is not a natural thought for you, because God is never at fault. It, you know, to be holy is to be completely righteous, to be completely good. And so evil does not come from God. And yet there's a lot of evil. But I think it's important to remember because I have had a few prayers in my life with people who have blamed God or um, accused God. And I, I think we, we need to always be honest. We need to always be truthful. We need to always say what we're really feeling, but not with re- disrespect, not without realizing we are speaking to a holy God, an all powerful God. We need to always have in mind that God is not like us. His ways are not our ways and our ways are not his ways. He is higher than us. And, you know, it kind of makes me think of when our kids were little. We really wanted them to be able to tell us how they were feeling and what they were thinking and what they were going through. Um, but we did tell them, you can tell us anything you're thinking and feeling and going through, or if you think we're wrong, or if you think we're doing something we shouldn't be doing, we want you to tell us, but we want you to be mindful that we are your parents and you need to speak with, speak to us with respect. And I think that's the same for prayer. You know, yes, we need to cry out to God, but don't curse God. Don't blame God. He is the only faultless one. And so, you know, and I, I think it helps us to process and to realize, okay, if it's not God's fault, then whose fault is it? And sometimes we'll never know. But to realize we are talking to a, a good God, a powerful, powerful and holy God um, who makes no mistakes. Um, you know, here it says in verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, again, going back to God's got some big things going on. 
You know, he is, I mean, your kingdom come. There's a whole lot of people in a kingdom. There's a whole lot of, what does that mean? King, your kingdom come. That's a lot of stuff that he's already doing. Um, and so when we are talking to him about our little stuff, keep in mind, he has a big picture. Um, our stuff is not his whole world. He is like, He's doing something with the kingdom come. I should have asked Robert about this before I sat here, but oh, well, maybe he'll explain it to you better. Um, You know, and I, I think he going back, he has things he's doing bigger than us. And to pray your will be done, your will be done. Um, That is a good prayer. This is what I would like to see happen, but your will be done. That means I need to get myself ready for the answer being no, maybe. If the answer is no, what will I be like? If my prayer is your will be done, then I will be okay. If I'm surrendered to what God wants for my life, then I will be okay. If I trust him that he knows more than I do, then no, I I want his will. I want him to do it his way. I think I want it this way, but maybe I don't. Maybe that's not the best. Maybe that's not the best way. So praying with humility and knowing I have my ideas of what I think will make me happy, but that may not be what will make me happy. I mean, I have a vivid memory of praying that I would marry this brother that I dated in 19, I don't know, (laughs) 83 or something. I don't know what year it was. Um, And I thought my world would be so much better. Life would be good if I could just marry him. I am so thankful that God did not grant that prayer, that he did not make that happen. But I didn't know that then, and it took me some time to really get to the place of surrender. But if we're praying this, your will be done, your will be done. Every day, like when we're praying, then I think it trains us how to feel and how to think about life's situations, knowing that God is all-powerful, He's all-knowing, and He does know what we need. Um, so, <clears throat> He know, and He knows how to accomplish. Maybe, you know, maybe sometimes we know what we would really like to see happen, but we don't really know the steps to get there, and God does. So your will be done. It's a surrendering. It's a letting go and realizing that God is able to, to do this. God is able to take care of us. And then in verse 11, give us today our daily bread. You know, uh, just our daily needs. And, you know, we don't really comprehend this at least here in the United States for the most part. We have our daily bread. There are people right now on this planet 
who are literally praying this prayer. And it, it does remind me to be generous and to be loving and to be kind and to give and to help where we can, because there are people praying for their daily bread. And I think God touches our heart to help them have their daily bread. But, you know, that can also mean other needs, other things that we need for living, for life, our health, our, um, you know, things that, that we truly need. He wants us to ask him for. And then in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Um, I just read a really good um, section in Soul Care on forgiveness and you know, he re- it really walks through how to do that and, um, you know, all the different answers for forgiveness, everything from praying for our enemy, um, praying for the people who have hurt us, uh, and realizing that God will not forgive us if we do not forgive. That's intense. There's nothing getting around that, you know, that God will not forgive us unless we forgive. And then in, in verse 13, it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Again, this is a spiritual battle and there is an evil one. We don't think about him very much and I don't know that we need to think about him, but we need to realize that there is a spiritual battle going on and there is an evil one who is tempting us and would like to take us out, would like to kill us spiritually, would like to have us live in doubt, would like to stop us from praying, keep us from talking to each other, keep us from confessing our sin. And, you know, Jesus said to pray that you will not be led into temptation. And, you know, I think that's also doing whatever we need to do to not be tempted, to not be in a situation to be tempted, to not put ourselves in situations to be tempted. Um, Because we're not going to be able to pray if we are living in sin. Um, Deliver us from the evil one. That is something that Jesus truly said. It's not something we always talk about, but he said that we not be led into temptation and that we be delivered, that we have victory, that we have safeness, freedom from the evil one. So, and then, you know, we, I already went into uh, verse 14 and 15 about forgiveness, but You know, God really, he wants to be connected to us. And this is just a tiny little um, part of prayer, you know, what of having a mindset of prayer um, that could help us to connect with God if we are mindful of these things. But this is this is how Jesus said to pray and you know, I know for myself when I, I have started praying this prayer and adding, you know, my, um, you know, when it says our Father in heaven and what that means to me. And it, it does, first of all, center me on things bigger than myself, God, who is bigger than me. 
and get me off just asking for little lists of things that I want every day. It helps me to realize that life is bigger than my little needs. Life is about worshiping and serving God, pleasing God, connecting with God, um, and and being mindful of how I live as a, a very small person on this planet. So I hope this has helped. Uh, that is, you know, the, the mindset of prayer. I, I think we will probably have some more studies on prayer, but, um, I hope this helps you and I am so thankful for you and I, I love you and I am praying for you. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 